edition of the Little Bird Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me again, the lovely and talented CEO, founder, and resident mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. How are you this morning? I'm great. I'm, I am um, ready to spread my wings and fly today. Wow. I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt like we needed that Bette Midler song, uh, Wind Beneath no. My Wings. No, oh my God, I had to sing that. No, wait, wait, wait. I had to sing that. Did you know this? At a funeral. Oh, you're kidding. I, I know this has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> I know, but, I, but it's a like, great story. I'm, okay, I'm, all, I'm like, on the edge you know, of my seat. Go ahead. I, there's a list of like John Cusack movie worthy moments in your life where you have one of those out of your body experiences and you look down on yourself and think, oh my God, what is happening to me? How did I get here? <laughs> But my friend, you remember her, her grandmother died and actually it wasn't even her grandmother. It was her nanny, but she was a grandmother age. And, um, because her mother didn't raise her, this nanny raised her. And so this was really not, it wasn't her grandma, but it was her nanny, but it wasn't really a grandma or a nanny. It really was her mom. You know what I mean? Like in all emotional context, it was her mom that died. So she comes to me, you know, totally distraught. Oh, my gosh, Priscilla, will you sing at this funeral? Sure. You know, I, I don't even hesitate. Sure, absolutely. And then it gets, I mean, no joke, it just gets progressively crazier and crazier. I say yes. So I'm like, she's like, I need you to come by tonight. You know, can we just practice? I'm, I've got a song picked out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I get there. Jeremy's there. And, it, and she's like, here's the song. It's really beautiful. It's how I feel about her. It's Ben Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to make this story fast, but it is so freaking funny. So Jeremy and I look at each other and, and so we start practicing in our living room and all this kind of stuff. I just, I cannot even believe this. And we're, he and I pack up and we're leaving her apartment complex that night. And he goes, if you so much as look at me during this funeral, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. You know, it's just like, we cannot make eye contact because right. we will not make it through this. No, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I okay, understand. So fast forward, I, we get to the funeral. Right? Oh, no, no. Then the next night she wants to practice again. She calls me back up. This is so personal for me and everything. So I was really, I was thinking maybe I should sing a little bit, you know, along with you. Oh, no. I'm like, okay, fine. So we go back over for another night of practice. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. turns out she literally, and I'm not exaggerating, is tone deaf. No. And it's like, I'm not joking. And it's like, you are the wind beneath my wing. Oh, like, no. And oh, I no. cannot stay on the melody with her singing. I mean, it is just a catastrophe. And I'm just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Not my catastrophe. <laughs> Right. I am just doing what she, in her heart of hearts, wants done. You know, it's like, not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. And so I'm like, just going, I mean, really, who cares? This, I'm just doing this for a friend. This is her heart. This is what she needs to do to say goodbye. Okay, whatever. But I'm thinking, I don't know if I can make it through this thing, right? So then I get there at the at the funeral and now keep in mind i had only been to one other funeral so far in my life right and i also sang at that one and it wasn't anything personal to me so i have no funeral experience right so i go in to the side the trans transom in the church right and so then they're like there's where you're gonna stand we put a little x on the floor i look up it's an open casket no i'm not joking i'm like oh my god and then you know so then i'm like okay i do that and Jeremy, again, looks at me, do not 
look at me during this whole performance. <laughs> Do not even glance. Don't, <laughs> Don't even... even glance my way. I can't take it because now she's singing with me and she's even doing a verse on her own. And I mean, it's it's morphed into just this unwieldy project of doom. <laughs> it's ready to go. And so I walk across the thing. It's my turn to sing. Right. And I go and I stand on the X and I, that's when I realize the lady is kind of propped up in the in the casket just slightly. What? And my ex is, I am literally standing at the face of this dead grandma. Oh, no. <laughs> and have to sing this song. And it's like, and actually, it's like awesome that it's like, you know, the group that's there is like super supportive. And I'm just going, sure. this. that's when I have my out-of-body experience when she's like singing some other melody line <laughs> to win me my wings. And I'm just standing there going, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Literally. It's such a beautiful moment for her that someone from the audience like shouts out as we're singing, as we're singing, he's like tearing up. Oh, Monique, keep singing. It's beautiful. No. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's my. So that's my story. Oh, my. I thought you were going to say someone from the audience teared up and yelled free bird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know what has to do with the podcast. Nothing. But it's a great story. But these are the these are the reasons why but these are I get myself in those kinds of situations over yes. and over and over again. Yeah. You're you're kind of like Jerry Lewis in a, in a sense. <laughs> the French love you and you get into all these wacky situations. Right. <laughs> well, those, both of those things are true. You're right. I know exactly. Oh my gosh, but then that kind of plays it. I wanted to talk about creativity today. Oh, and okay. I have to say, you kind of have to live an odd life to really like, you know, dive into like what's possible. <laughs> oh, you know what? But that's so funny because uh, I, I love that you said you kind of have to live an odd life because, uh, you know, my friends Rich and Kenny. Well, they mm-hmm. they have a saying that whenever I'm around, mm-hmm. uh, the Dan Ledbetter effect right happens, and it could be they can have an absolutely normal, nonplussed life like everything's great and i'm with them for 20 minutes and there is a midget on a unicycle carrying <laughs> carrying a legless cat uh like just the weirdest stuff happens and it's true and i tell people that and they go oh no i don't believe it and we go out for 15 minutes there's a guy covered in leds riding down the street it's like <laughs> it's like they don't understand that this is a real thing and i don't know whether i attract it or whether it just happens or whether it's uh, god's little calling card to say hey you're a whack job. <laughs> no, it's God's calling card to say, Dan Ledbetter, I've been expecting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's no, hilarious. I think it's because you're open to it. I think that you think tell so. the universe a resounding yes when you wake up in the morning. And I think the universe delivers you delicious tidbits of <laughs> imagination you. and, you know, and, and experience. And I, I think that being open to it is is the first step. Yes, I think that's why I work from home because I'm confined to a small uh, ten by twenty office here, and <laughs> nothing could happen. Have padded walls, does it? <laughs> well, yes, it does. But this jacket I'm wearing is very comfortable. <laughs> it's and, very soothing. <laughs> yeah, I can't can't really move my arms, but this is great. Well, let's so, talk about creativity. I mean, being that you're being that you're in the marketing industry, yeah, and that and being creative is your job, right? That's that's the interesting thing for me because I've done jobs uh-huh. where, um, you Not know, like, like ink heists or anything, right? No, 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 <laughs> not like that. <laughs> but I mean, like things that I like. Like here's a great example: like uh, uh, working at a uh, a burger place because mm-hmm. I like hamburgers, I like cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. bacon burgers, that whole thing. 
But then when I get there and I work there for several months, it's like the last thing I want to even look at is a hamburger or cheeseburger. And I'm wondering for you, being that you have to be creative, like almost 24-7, how yeah. does that affect it? Is it like you just want to go home and just shut everything out and not create? Or is it just so much a part of you that that just naturally spills out? I think it's it's just naturally a part of me, but I think I would argue it's naturally a part of everyone. I just get to harness it sometimes for my J-O-B. But right. I got to tell you, like yesterday, case in point, we get a call. We need this ad. Uh, turns out they weren't expecting it. Hey, we need to get it into the newspaper in one hour for their date, uh, you know, deadline. It was a very simple one, but, you know, you have to go, ugh, I got to turn it on. And, and it is weird, but it, it is because it's practice. Right. And I think that a lot of people talked about, you know, recently, which is cool, the power of the doodle or that they're giving some value now to people who think a little outside the box or that kind of stuff or doing things that allowing your brain to go offline, maybe a little bit, turn the analytical brain off and go into a, a different, more creative problem solving um, capacity right. of your brain. So there's a lot of more value to it now. So I don't think it's, you know, people see that you can't always solve things logically, which is a nice change. But I guess I think, you know, if you want to say what's the power of the doodle, you know, then I guess what's the mental equivalent of that? What's mental doodling? Like, where do you let your brain oh. go that also rests your brain in a way? So anyway, I wanted to bring up, you know, I'm a big Picasso fan. Yes, yes. Grew up in Spain, and there's just nothing like seeing not just his famous paintings, but just the breadth of work. I mean, oh, this guy yeah, has right. like a bandwidth that ends all bandwidths. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. most people only know the the big ones, right? Like uh, they only know like a select few. But his his work is is just massive. It's massive because he believed that creativity was born out of practice and that mm. it was natural to everyone. It was innate. And that it was just that some people were more willing to practice it or just to not know. He, he loved practicing the not knowing or he considered painting every day more like a diary entry, right. a way of interacting with the world. But he said, this is a quote I have stuck with me for a long time. He said, every act of creation is first an act of destruction. Oh, wow. You know, I've let that ruminate for a lot of years. And even if you take that all the way back to if you believe in the creation of the world as it's, you know, written in a Judeo-Christian oral tradition sure. method, sure. whatever it's delivered in, it doesn't matter. That's not my point. My point is, you know, even, for example, if you go to like God creating the heavens and the earth or, you know, this kind of stuff, let's just even just stay heavens and the earth, right? Right. Well, you're destroying this void, right? You're destroying the lack of horizon by putting right. a horizon on, right? So even as far back as that, but I do think for our lives, every time we're creating, we are destroying something because we're walking away for one idea for the, for either the pleasure or the, um, or the toying with a new idea. And so we're walking away from something. And the reason I bring that up is I think you mentioned about my job, is that hard and when you're put on the spot and you're paid to be creative, how does that, you know, throw a wrench into the system? But I don't think it's about it being my job that throws the wrench in. I think the wrench is the fact that there are just rising complexities mm. now with what happens in marketing, with the way that people are interacting with either we talked last week about websites and how complex those are. We talked about great content, fantastic creative writing. We've talked about native advertising, the whole bring your own device movement, how many platforms. 
I think it is difficult to be creative in the face of those rising complexities if you don't bring your best game, your A game, you bring your game face every day. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, the rising complexities. And I think that that is, that really is the challenge because it does put a certain amount of pressure on you to stay current. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It would be like a comedian having a great set 25 years ago and right. still trying to deliver that today and it's just not funny now there are certain exceptions like Henny Youngman who had been using the same jokes for years and years but it's so you know the the humor is that it is so old but it's still funny right right but well, in the case of in the case of uh, marketing in the case of actually creating stuff for people I think you have to be current with what's going on not only from a uh, social standpoint from uh but a, a technological standpoint, you right. really do have to be have your fingers in every single pie that's out there. You really do. And I think the first more reactive feeling or pressure is that you feel then that means more, 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 digest more, read this, read that, you know, stay current, blah, blah. And I think there's a value to that. You know, I think there's something, but there really has to be a balance because I think it's actually the opposite. I think actually bringing yourself offline and not giving in to the, oh my gosh, you got to know everything that's going on. Because believe me, you can't. Right. You right. can't read every trade mag, hear every conference, follow every new great leader, understand all platforms at all times. It's not possible. What I think really you can do is not work in sleep deprivation. Ah. And if you want to stay current on everything, the, the tendency I see in the ad world and, and marketing is like, okay, so just, you know, run at this crazy ragged pace and try and keep current on everything. But the reality is, is that I think more than anything, to be truly creative, your brain needs to come offline and you need to set real boundaries about it. And I think that the lack of creativity where it starts happening is when we see less and less sleep happening. And, you know, I was just at a conference and Ariana Huffington delivered a, a speech and obviously she's pitching her book Thrive, which sure. is about really, if I could sum it up in three words, rest is power. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm like, this is why I have my best ideas when I'm straight ironing my hair. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan of that concept because I, I do believe that if you can pull yourself out of almost become like a third person, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like it can be brewing in the back of your head and you can be doing something totally unrelated, like straightening your hair. If I had hair, that would I'm sure I'd do that, but like I could be cooking bacon or oatmeal or, or taking a walk or taking out the trash and then right. something just hits. Right. It's like that, that lightning bolt of, right. oh my gosh. But see, you, you come prepared and ready for it. And I believe that's a matter of practice and a matter of opening your mind up to something new and just taking care of yourself so that you are prepared for some of those moments. So uh, anyway, if you take a look at like where industry has gone and where making money has gone, if you look, let, let's look at even like where we think a big, big change happened. Think about the Model T and, and about where industry went with that. In that moment, production, right, was valued by feed and standardization, right? So mm -hmm. you asked me at the beginning, what, how does this feel when it's your J-O-B? Right. Right? There was a big value in production when you could create something because you were faster with it and you could get it out of the assembly line and all parts had to be standardized to make this fast, right? Right. Well, I think that speed is still valued, but I think the bigger thing is now it's not standardization, it's flexibility. Mm. Tell me more. Well, flexibility, I know I hate to say it almost say you hear agility, flexibility. It's, you know, everybody's talking about it. But I don't know if I could tell you more so much as I thought of an example that literally happened to me two days ago. Okay. 
And in that moment, I went, see, Priscilla, this is what you're trying to explain to people. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I had one of those moments. Okay. So, okay. I got to give you a little backstory about this client. Okay. So this is, you know, we talk about standardization versus flexibility. That's what we're talking about. Right. So I can't say to somebody on my staff, hey, go post this ad on Facebook. That doesn't work. That's standardization. Well, that has no value in our marketplace anymore. right? Right. So here's the backstory. I have a client who has a pet product. Yes. They have a product, but they have no audience because it was a immediate, a no ramp up time. Right. It, it's right. basically one of those accounts we shouldn't take. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> we, was... we talked about this before, uh, about this, this product, and I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see where it goes. Well, it's like, this is me, Don Quixote, taking this product <laughs> Um, um, so they have no ramp up time. They have no time. They have no audience of their own because it's a brand new inventor, brand new company, brand new product. Right. Right. So they have the product and no audience. So it's using your creativity and, and your, your problem solving uh, process. So therefore I can immediately in my brain, this is what happens. Let me swap that around. Could the opposite be true? Who has an audience, but no product Mm. because I need to try and link these people. Right. Right. So this it's a cat safety product. And so I threw that back to them, this idea, well, let me broker some partnerships with humane societies. And they have a large audience. In fact, they have what a lot of people would call raving fans or evangelists, right? But they don't have a product. Now they have a service and they, you know, and also if you would maybe take it a little step further, maybe their product is also that they are trying to get donations. Right. But they don't truly go out there. They're not actually trying to sell a product. But what do they need? They need money, right? They've got people in spades, but they need donations. They need money, a way to raise funds. So where's the win in this? The win would be, could we use their audience, leverage their audience, and have them buy our product? In turn, we give a portion of the profit of our product back to that humane society. Oh. Creating this interesting triangle Right. That's OK. Creative brain. So that's the backstory. And I, there's right. a lot to say about creative thought in that. But this is my point. So I need to create this Facebook post. OK. So I say, OK, I go. I actually went and posted it myself. So I post on there uh, and I, I have access now to the Humane Society's Facebook page. OK, because for whatever reason. So gotcha. I'm on there and I'm writing an ad saying, hey, we are so happy to partner with this pet product. Blah, blah, blah. It keeps pets safe through the holidays, and they will also give a portion of their profits to us locally, right, right here. And do good and keep your pet safe. I make the post, but what I know from, you know, just talking about keep your pulse on it, I know that I can't just post that there. I desperately need people to share that post in order to get organic boost. Right. Right. So the first thing I do is now move over to put my other hat on to my client, and my client shares that post. So it goes from the Humane Society's page and I share it over to this pet product Facebook page. Well, that gives the Humane Society a great boost. Right. And so there I'm giving them something because their post is getting shared. So it's going to crawl up the algorithm for Facebook. Right. Right. Okay. So then I share it over there. And then my immediate, almost immediately, someone on my team says, hey, I noticed the uh, what you just posted over on our client and or actually on the Humane Society one, and you forgot to put the promo code in there that everybody needs in order for them to get the money. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I know I'm admitting that I'm imperfect here. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what's fun 
funny. My brain was engaged in a way of practicing things that I'm used to doing. And I immediately was like, okay, so speed is valuable, right? But all of a sudden I realized actually what I did originally was right. I need to go in and comment on the Humane Society and say, don't forget, in order for us to get this money, you need to use code blah, blah, blah. Right. It's not in the original post. It's not in the original share because it got shared over to the pet products page. And I don't want people who just come to the pet product place that I've paid to have them come here. I don't want them knowing that code. I don't want to share that with the general population. I only wanted to leverage that with the Humane Society's population. Right. So actually what I did was right, but I, I missed that one last step. Well, it's about that flexibility in the moment to say, okay, how are we going to quickly solve this? But not the, the the logical answer would be, oh, edit the post and put it back in there. No, mm. no, it was right the way it was. Let's let's think through this. Let's put it in the right place so that we get the most out of it. Right. 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 So instead, I commented that and and basically solved the problem quickly, but with flexibility. Well, I that wouldn't work if I just had it on someone's task today to post this post right you oh, have right to, you know what i mean so yeah that's what i'm saying is like the speed and flexibility is now i think what needs to happen and how this relates to creativity specifically is being able to rely on your practices especially association kind of trying to draw connections between two what seem to be unrelated facts yeah right Exactly. So anyway, I I think that's the kind of thing that people don't understand. If you're trying to really push forward a creative idea, there's always a wrench that comes up. Yes. And being able to flex, you know, very quickly and flexibly deal with it is far more valuable than just standardized fixes. Well, now let me ask you this: being that you have a a creative team yeah. uh, at your at your business. How do you encourage the creativity aspect? Because being with all that other stuff that we've talked about before, as far as getting enough rest, all this all this stuff. What do you do to encourage your staff in their creativity? Like, what do you have a do you even have a set thing that you do, or do you just kind of let them you know run free and come back with something? Well, I think there are a lot of people who do kind of top down. It's like we are going to have a creative environment. You will be creative and you will take your, you know, whatever. I think it's just total bunk. I think you have to just do it. You have to model it. I think you can encourage it uh, for sure. I think there's opportunities that you can provide. I think you can encourage it. I think you can train some things. I think you can provide some motivation. But in the end, if you don't practice it, then the value is just out the door. I mean, case in point, I own a lot of yoga pants, but (laughs) I don't practice yoga. I've said that for so many years and literally I got in the middle of a Brene Brown book and she literally said that and I about fell on the floor. To me, that is like the biggest irony. You know, I've always thought that it's like, here I am putting on more yoga pants right? <laughs> to go lounge in front of the, the fire. Exactly. Exactly. That so, is hilarious. But there is like a set standard. I think the most powerful thing when it comes to creativity is association. And I don't want this to come off like I'm patting myself on the back here, but you know, I think I got one of my best compliments ever from some from someone one time. Um, this guy, Al Johnson, said to me in front of someone else, hey, you know what this girl does great? She has this knack for connecting the dots. He said it. And you know how we talked before about native genius? Yes. And how sometimes other people see in you a value that maybe you didn't see that clearly. Right. Just right out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, that is my native genius. 
I'm like, I am good at that. You know, and so it takes someone else sometimes speaking that to us. But I really believe the power of creativity starts with association, drawing connections between questions, between problems, between ideas. You know, they seem unrelated. And and that's maybe some people call big picture thinking or whatever. What's crazy was a couple of years later, I ran into this article about Richard Branson. Yes. You know, a virgin, or as we might call him, Sir Richard Branson. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget the Sir part. Okay. Okay. And his mantra is ABCD. Do you know what that stands for? No. Always be connecting the dots. Wow. Like, whoa, this guy's awesome. Wow. (laughs) So I think association is powerful. I think there's a lot of questioning. I do tell people a lot of times, listen, I don't know your industry. I don't know what we're going to do. I'll tell you what, though. I'm good at asking questions. And usually the truth or something I really desperately need will fall out of my client's mouth. And it's just we're there to catch it. Right. You know? Right. But it's also questioning, not only effective questioning, but also maybe questioning common wisdom Mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing. I think that's good. You have to observe. People talk a lot about networking for creativity. I really struggled with like, okay, you know, they're kind of like the idea of feeding off each other or things like that. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so. I think a lot of people kill creativity for me. But what? Hold on. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? like, you don't have to name names for heaven's no. <laughs> sake, especially if my name's one of them. I think that a lot of people can't let dreams live a little bit. Like, if it gets a little too bizarre or out of their little border thing, they're like, oh, that's weird. Oh. Or why would you do that? Like, you know, you think about 3D printing, you know, people doing this. Uh, why, why would we want that? We don't know why. We don't yeah. know why we want it yet. Right. But somebody's going to figure out why we want it. Well, there are a lot of naysayers to people at the beginning. What? Oh, so you're just going to be at a trade show and like make that little silly doll out of that printer? What is that? What 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 value right. is that? You know, it's just like, oh my gosh. So people kind of can't, you know, experiment with things. They can't stand it. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I think that, it, and also if it just falls outside of someone's ability to comprehend, a lot of times it, it's, a, I think, probably human nature. We push to quell it real quick because sure. it's in some way maybe that's like a natural reaction it's it's threatening threatening us now we're not hunter gatherers anymore so it's not threatening us like it's going to bite us physically right. but it's threatening in that i understand my environment i desire to understand my environment and you just threw something in here i don't understand Mm. And so, you know, I mentioned, too, when we were talking about native genius, I think one of my other native geniuses, you know, I I fell out of my mouth that I said, I'm the dream whisperer. Oh, yes. Yeah, you did mention that before. But that's but that's exactly what you need to be for your work. Right. Right. But, you know, it makes people very uncomfortable. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. I No, I trust me. Uh, <laughs> if, if you've hung around me for more than an hour, I'll come out with some just the wackiest crap, and people right. will look at me like, what? Yeah, what but- do you even think? I go, no, 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 listen to me. This is blah, 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 blah. And then they'll just, they'll give me that blank stare, cocked head, blink, blink kind of look. Yeah. And they just don't, they just don't get it. And I think that that is, there's a, there's a fine line between madness and genius anyway. Right. And I think the problem is when people are presented with a new idea that does not fit into the conventionality mm-hmm. of their way of thinking, mm-hmm. it's almost like that, oh gosh, I can't even remember what movie it was in, but it was, I think it was a Mel Brooks film, and somebody mm-hmm. had an idea for something that now is commonplace, and they said, no, I'm sorry, this is new, therefore we must reject it. Well, or it's like the Hudsucker proxy. He keeps walking around with a napkin that has a circle drawn on it, and he's like, you know, for kids. Right. Everybody's <laughs> like, what? Exactly. You know? Well, it turns out it's a hula hoop. Right. So you'd said, what's the difference between madman and a genius? Well, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think okay. it's about group. 
It's about being in the right group because a madman, typically you don't see them at cocktail parties, right? They're locked in their own rooms. Right. Uh, they might look a lot like your room. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it might actually. <laughs> They're isolated. But a genius a lot of times is working in a group. I, I do believe, as much as some people irk me, sorry, but um, I am not this like abject people person or whatever. I'm a some kind of people person. <laughs> right. <laughs> my kind of people person. <laughs> well, I've always thought you were something else. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that I've I've said so much that we fail and we succeed in groups. And I believe that's mm. true. And I believe that's true with ideas. There's not, it's not possible for you to have the answer of the whole idea. There's always somebody invents something and then it gets applied for a fantastic use later. The right. one that was not anticipated when it was first created. And that's why it's important to not have those kinds of boundaries that are threatening because an idea comes wherever the idea comes. The application is later. There's application. And then on top of that, kind of a, a separate issue is like there's also experimenting. Mm -hmm. And I really I, I can't stress this enough, especially with with social media. And we talked about kind of getting back to like the job. But experimenting, I, I literally was consulting with some amazing women from Emerging Women yesterday. Right. Right. So I'm providing this consulting for this new project they're going to do. They're very, very smart women. I got two of them on the, on the conference call. And I had this amazing opportunity to say to them, I don't know, when they asked me a question. And they were specifically asking me, okay, now we've got all this whole strategy going. Now, Priscilla, what we need you to tell us is what is going to be the most optimal language for this ad? And what do you think is the most optimal image? We're talking about, we're making this graphic that you can download for a screen saver to your oh, phone, okay. right? And so she's like, okay, do we put a picture of the actual screen saver? Do we put a picture of the phone with the screen saver? In, or do we put a picture of the phone being held with a human hand and the, and the, the thing in it? I said, I don't know. I said, but you know what you can do? You can take what I do. I take at least four images, put five bucks a day on them. And in a couple of days, one will emerge, one or two will emerge as the winner. Mm. And she's like, what about the language? And I'm like, okay, so you got the image winner. Now you spend five more bucks for three days. You got to have some patience here. Right, right. You don't need to blow the bank. I mean, this is ridiculous. Facebook is just an amazing way to test markets. This is just A-B testing, right? Then they, I'm like, you find the winner image. And now I do it with four different, you know, text, different language nuances. Mm. And a couple of days you emerge a winner. And she just kind of goes, she goes, well, this is what we were doing, but we didn't think it was right. I said, well, I've done nothing for you, but let you... You do continue doing what you were doing, but now with confidence. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, that's hilarious. It was confirmation they needed to hear about the validity of experimenting. And mm. I'm blown away because I'm like, you, these women are totally smart because they did this intuitively and were experimenting, although they did not feel confident in doing this. Right. And I just had to let them know, look, this is what the big boys do. Yeah. We all don't know. We test. So I think that's just case in point when it comes down to the job. But I'll, I want to end this by saying something that really just hacks me off about creativity. Sure. What's that? People always say, oh, you're so creative. Or they talk about creativity like it's just something out there, like it's just a gift. Some people are born with it. Some people aren't. Right. And I don't believe it. I truly believe that whole myth that only special or talented people are creative or they're born with it or 
this whole gifting, I really think it's a myth. I Mm. think we were all born to be creative. Unfortunately, a lot of people do get it beat out of them over time because we talked about opportunities. You have to have opportunities. You have to have encouragement. Right. People need to train you. Our schools don't train for creativity. We have to be motivated by it. You know, there has to be some kind of a positive affirmation to it. And then you have to see people practice it. Yes. And you have to practice it. You can't just put on the freaking yoga pants. Right. Have a yoga body, as it turns out. I'm sad to say. I know. I, I tried it, and I still don't have a yoga body either. I don't want to think about you and your pants. I have more of a yogurt body. Oh. <laughs> oh, or is it more a frozen yogurt? Well, yeah, frozen yogurt body. <laughs> Be more adept. Thank you. Oh, but, you know... You know, we started with a Picasso quote, and I'll I'll say this. He also said that all children are artists. The problem is, how do we remain an artist once we grow up? Wow, that's very very true. I mean, and honestly, I I find it amazing how there have been times where I've been faced with a challenge, like I'm trying to come up with an idea, and I'll just I'll just ask, uh, you know, uh, a friend's five year old. Right. You know, I'll just throw it out to him and see. I mean, more often than not, he'll just say puppy. <laughs> and that might be the right answer. Or if but... you're at my house, the five-year-old will just fart on you. So it's very difficult to see the value. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, not much value in that, but uh, I digress. Uh-oh. But this, but Priscilla, this has been an amazing conversation. And actually, uh, I think the, the big takeaway for me is... I don't get enough rest. Yeah. I really think that that's true because my mind is working all the time, uh, either for for good or for bad. And I think what I do is I allow my mind to control me rather than me controlling my mind and saying, no, we're taking a break. We're stopping. We're not going to think about anything. We're just going to relax. So that I think the big takeaway for me is that, you know, that you have to rest. You have to disengage Mm -hmm. to allow your, your body and your mind to absorb enough sleep mm. to come back and face something, you know, in a new and different way. I was just doing a, uh, a interesting little study with some women at church about a book that this lady wrote called Your Best Yes. Mm. And I think it goes in line with a lot of things that are happening from Ariana Huffington to Thrive to Brene Brown about the gifts of imperfection and about just the need, like the guideposts, the kind of practices you need to put in place to really live a wholehearted life. Right. It's all it's all fodder for the same subject. And I made a commitment from that group that I would be asleep by 11. It's because I know myself, I function best being able to get up early and my, you know, I'm my best and my brightest. How do I deliver my best yes? How do I deliver my best self? How do I come with, like I said, the best creativity happens when you have your game face on. And for me, a game face isn't just exhausting myself. It's really self-care. And it's not right. sexy because everybody thinks self-care is selfish, but it's not. It's the best way you can show up to all of your relationships and for your clients, for your employees, for your family, everywhere yes. by just taking care of yourself. And the number one thing I think is sleep. Yeah, I agree. And and on that note, I'm going to go take a nap right oh, good. now. <laughs> well, Priscilla, thank you so much for having this conversation. I mean, Absolutely. it's it really, I mean, it's, it's inspired me. Like it's got me thinking about how I can adjust my life to where I can be not only more effective, but uh, more creative and more present with people, clients, whatever it is. This has been this has been awesome. Thank you for that. Okay, well, just let's end on this note that now officially you've just said that in some interesting way I am the wind beneath your wings. <laughs> <laughs> 
and we're out. Yeah, no kidding. Well, <laughs> listeners, as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on creativity and the things that you've experienced and how you enter into the creative process. So, as always, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page, on the Little Bird website, or wherever you've downloaded this podcast from. So, for the Little Bird Marketing Company, the home of cage-free thinking, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.